The coolest way to get through the summer heat is with a $69 AC tune-up from Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. $69 to make sure your air conditioning is working at peak cooling. Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. Because when you focus only on heating and cooling for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. And summer heat is when Vernon can show you how good with their $69 AC tune-up. Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. Online at vernonheating.com. Where life is good. We created our first t-shirt back in 94 when we were fed up with the daily flood of negative news. Sound familiar? Since then, our super soft tees have been helping people make positive connections, reminding us every day that even though life isn't easy or perfect, life is good. Today, we're serving up fresh designs daily and giving 10% of annual profits to help over 1 million kids a year. Join us at lifeisgood.com and let's spread some optimism together. Marco Voice. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham, that's excellent. Jude Bellingham, this is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham, absolutely magnificent. Rina, brilliant from the American, just like that. Graceful, Sally Hurtstown for Anthony Modest. Five. Not a bad idea. Hey, welcome back to another episode, another week of the BVB podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. How are you doing, man? Been a been a bit of a week again. It I mean, been. a classic Dor- Dorman week, really. It really, I was. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it's nothing new at this point. You lose one, you win one, and then you're going into the weekend against a game that we're terrified for. So, yeah, anytime I'm, I say, oh, it's so back and forth and up and down. They stress me out. I'm excited mm-hmm. and dead, and you always come at me like, man, get used to it, because. Uh, <laughs> So we're well, not going to live past 30 with just like the I'm, 30, I'm 31 now, but uh, it's, I think it's deteriorating fast. So if you're a new Dortmund fan, welcome. This is this is it. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, but really, if you are new, we really appreciate you hanging out and listening. We always want to be a space for like new people to come in and be able to learn more about Dortmund and have some people to hang mm-hmm. out and, and stress and vince and celebrate Dortmund. So that that's why we're here. So uh Carver, where do you want to start? We got uh, two games to recap. Uh, Bundesliga Saturday against FC Köln. And then we had our Champions League game on Wednesday against Sevilla. Um, I mean, we got to start with Köln. But uh, yeah. going into this game, um, injuries of course. galore. So of course. lineup cha- cha- looking a little... I don't even know what normal is. I have like what I would hope is normal. Yeah. And then we, we get our injury lineup. So, I mean, going into this one... Uh, just jump right in the lineup or before before the game, thoughts, feelings. I don't remember what our predictions were. It feels like last time we, we recorded it was a while ago. Yeah, it does feel like a while ago. But I, we both went for a narrow win. Um, I mean, we knew that we were they were going to be aggressive and come out and play to win, and that's exactly what they did. But we were both still relatively optimistic. Sadly, that, that <laughs> wasn't the case. <laughs> um, okay, before we jump in the lineup specifically, because... I, this one thing I just remembered, because um, we touched on it briefly. I think we recorded right before we had um, the night before the the press presser the next day, which was like great timing. <laughs> we yeah. like record an episode, put it out in the morning, and then also the Dortmund press comes out with all all the details that everything we like guessed at and alluded to. Yeah, like this might be happen. available, and then by the time the episode's out, you uh, you actually get the news. So I want to talk about Gio Reyna for a second because this was a, an argument I heard. 
should he have gone and played with the U.S. men's national team? In general? This this last window. Yeah, but like just this in, last in, in its entirety, you mean? Yeah. I, I think he should have, but starting two games is obviously a mistake on Berhalter's point. And I imagine Dortmund are pretty upset with him for that, you know, pretty boneheaded decision. But I, I would, I mean, I'd still bring Reyna and just use him with caution. I mean, whether that's 15, 20 minutes or so in the in the first game, or maybe 20, 25 maybe, um, to kind of implement him and, and see what he's going to look like with some other players that look like they're going to be going to the World Cup. But you had to start him for both games in a row, and you know that he's had problems for over a calendar year now is risky to say the least. Yeah, I, I saw the argument that he shouldn't have gone at all because clearly he's in our U.S. World Cup roster. Yeah. Like, he's he's going, so why risk it? Like, do you really need to test him? Like, yeah. make sure he's going to be on the plane? Like, is that someone you really need to test? Like, he's one of our top yeah. players. Of course, he's going to be at the World Cup, so why, yeah, why risk it? The the only thing I could think of is just maybe, again, just seeing how he gels with some of the players that Burholter was eyeing to kind of, you know, bring along with on that plane. You know, I think he's still maybe pretty unsure about Pepe and, you know, Ariel, uh, uh uh, long, excuse me, I almost said Robinson for some reason, but long, but just players like that. And I think he was just kind of wanting to throw him in there and see what he looks like. But yeah, way too much time. And you, uh, you know what, you know what's going to happen given the uh, recent history with him. Yeah. And that's, I mean, the frustrating thing is a not only a, a Dortmund fan, but as a U.S. fan, because now what if he doesn't recover quickly? Like that just, and we're mm-hmm. a month, we're a few weeks away from the World Cup now, and, and you ran that risk, and and now he he is injured now, and who knows if he, he's going to be recovered quickly or, yeah, or he, not. Say he recovers, best case scenario, he's back next week. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you mean still like after the Bayern game. After the Bayern game, yeah. let's say he he still is then like getting back into to fitness. Mm-hmm. Like he he's he's not heading in the World Cup at his peak condition now and it's all Burhalter's fault. A lot of stuff's Burhalter's fault, but this one I'm not I'm not too happy about and I I uh there is some arguments people saying he shouldn't have gone at all cuz you don't need him to. I get both sides. I wouldn't mind either way. Like if he would have stayed and just done his normal training in Dortmund, mm-hmm. I've been happy with that. It's easy to say in hindsight now. Um yeah. cuz at the time I probably would have been like, "Well, why aren't we seeing Rain at all with the team?" Mm-hmm. Um it, I also wanted to mind if he went and traveled but didn't play or just featured 15 minutes yeah. in the game. Starting twice was ridiculous. I don't even know if we we saw that with some of the other like attacking players like t- starting both games. Like he mm-hmm. seemed to change things up quite a bit. It's like did you really need Rana to do that and it's it's just a frustrating situation. Yeah, and and the personality he had, you would expect him to actually get a result out of Saudi Arabia. But you know, people they heard us talk about that last week, but <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, you're not going to see Reyna uh, feature in the two games that we're recapping, as as well as we probably wouldn't imagine he, he's going to be playing against Bayern either. But if anything, we'll know tomorrow. But the report that came out right at the end of September, I think it might have been even on the 30th, it was he was looking to have a range of like a seven to ten, seven to ten, seven <laughs> to ten day outing, and he wouldn't be able to feature for you know a little over a week or so. But at the same time, I think like at least two times out of last year or twice, whenever he's had a long-term injury, it was announced as like a seven to 10 day thing. And then it piles on and it's like, oh, three months. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. And then it's just like easing him into it mm-hmm. again, which Dortmund was yeah, already which we really keep... cautious of. But mm-hmm. now 
since it happened again, it's like who who knows what kind of form he's going to be in or or his um, in, endurance level. Or I don't know. It's just it's, it's hard really to build momentum, obviously, for the individual like Reyna, but also as a as a collective as well. I mean, when you're constantly picking uh, at our team with like a fork every single day, and you know taking parts out and um, sticking other people in that aren't you know usually I guess used to certain positions or anything like that. Again, it's it's hard to get really anything going, but. Are you talking um, about Dortmund or U.S.? Dortmund. What? Well, I, <laughs> I guess both in that sense. So yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, also Dortmund. Um, yeah. So we went with a four-two-three-one against Cologne. Typical, usually back line that we've been going with for last few games now. In Guerrero, Schlotterbeck, Sule, and Munier. Uh, the two double pivots in Bellingham and Oschan. Attacking front three of Adeyemi, Brantz, and uh, Malin, and then Modest up top. And Meyer and goal. And Meyer and goal, which I don't know why. You, now I'm the one that's forgetting him, it's, even though he performed just, extremely well against. You just uh, you just forget he's down there by himself. Yeah, and you just kind of forget. Yeah. <laughs> well, that one it usually doesn't change as much, and it's like we know Koble's out, so it's like you know he's going to start. So yeah. Um. So from the very first whistle, I mean, from the first whistle to the last whistle, Cologne came out with just such high intensity, and just came to play, man. I mean, they stayed aggressive. Which costed them, which should have costed them, excuse me, a red, and which we'll get to. But I mean, they were just constantly dangerous in attack, and we could not contain them or control the game with a tempo of the game whatsoever, all ninety minutes. And it it was it was just it was pretty rough from the beginning, really. Carver, I know you don't have all the answers, although I like to ask you all the questions, like you have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Where did you see the what? What do you think this came down to? One. A lot of credit to Colm. Um, is it our players not being hyped up enough? Is it Terzic not hyping them up enough? Was it defense slacking? Are our attacking options not being up and ready to go and press and win the ball back? Or what? Like we're well, I mean, I, it definitely a part of it comes on Terzic, which I was going to get to in a bit. But I mean, mentality is a big bit has been a big thing about this team for a long time. But also just. I mean, the tactical setup we're going with, we could, again, we could not control the tempo of the game whatsoever. I mean, Cologne, were, when, every time they got the ball, they were looking immediately dangerous in attack. They had um, you know, had a clear cut and dries plan of getting forward, and they were always pushing forward with numbers. And it was just really tough for us to delay their attacks whatsoever. I don't want to skip ahead too far to Sevilla yet, but obviously in that game, we saw a formation change. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so looking, looking at the lineup... I know we have a lot of people out and the players are playing in different roles, but still like we've seen, so Brant, I'm looking at Brant in that like number 10 position filling in for Royce. Brant's also had a really good run of games. Like he, as yeah. far as he's been playing consistently and I know Adiemi and Malin are just kind of getting back into things, but I feel like those are two young players who can play with a lot of intensity. Um, and, and, and with the, the form that Brant's been in, Good or not good or bad form, but the run of games he's had, he's been playing mm-hmm. consistently. I I I feel like they should be ready to go. Like there should be no. I know they're coming off the international break, um, and Brant was had COVID or was sick or whatever he had. Um, so it just, it's frustrating to to see that. Like I I don't want to blame it on the shifting around of players, um, or I feel like we shouldn't. That shouldn't be an issue. Like they should be ready to go. Yeah. So it's frustrating to see this this lack of energy and motivation right off right out of the gate well i mean brant's biggest arguably his biggest problem is that he's always been extremely consistent at being inconsistent so you never really never know what you're going to get we each game with him he's going to be you know at pretty much 
class or you know he struggles to complete a single pass while falling down you know it just it just depends i guess and it's an unfortunate situation but i do think he's been kind of working out a good amount of those uh, errors to his game and he's been on a pretty at least somewhat consistent level of performing pretty well throughout this season so far but i mean there was other attackers to look at too i mean of course Malin and uh, Adeyemi, I mean, they've been out for a good amount of time. And I get, like I was saying before, it's tough for us or the, them as individuals to build any momentum when they can't grow into the game because they're just not playing week in and week out. And Modeste has been very disappointing as well. I mean, I, I talked last week and said that if it were anyone else but Cologne, I wouldn't be starting Modeste just because he knows, you know, it's the familiarity and, you know, maybe he can expose some of their weaknesses and, and, go and score some goals against his old side, but he's just not good enough right now. I mean, it, it, it sucks to say because I really did believe in him and believe in this idea and this project, but uh, and we are not playing to him until uh, we go down. We, like, we, we just, we're not really capable of playing around him to get the crosses in that you know, are usually pretty dangerous for him, and he averages just 22 touches a game, which is insane. I mean, it's like half of what our goalkeeper usually has, and when he does get on the ball, he loses possession a good amount of times. I think it's like an average of eight uh, possession losses a game for Modest this year. I mean, I said a few, this a few weeks back now, and I can at least understand if we tweaked our style a bit to suit his strengths and then he begins to bang in goals left and right or even look like a constant threat. But we just look like we play with 10 men on the field at the moment every time he's on the pitch. Um, so just pulling up, I can't remember if he had a shot on <laughs> a shot in this game. He had two... Shots, but they weren't on goal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as our our striker who has been playing every, game after game, like, I don't know. I, I I don't know what to say other than like, why isn't this happening? And I'm not asking you directly, but yeah. inadvertently, um, like w- clearly something is wrong. And I don't know why they're still they're still rolling with it week after week. Like, yeah, I mean, again, we we look like we're not even really trying to cross too mu- uh, to him too much until we go down or it's like the last 20, 25 minutes of the game. So I'm I'm still not sure if maybe the players aren't really buying into that and it's having a, it's it's a tough time for them to or it's, they're having a tough time, excuse me, to adjust to that kind of play style because it also is it's very different from what we're used to seeing from a Dortmund side. I mean, you're not having like a pacey striker up front that's constantly running at the team or another team with the ball or pressing really high or anything like that, which Modest is a decent uh, presser. But again, he doesn't have the legs to keep that kind of energy and tempo up all game and certainly doesn't have the ability on the ball, which I was going to talk to and or talk about in a little bit about Mukoko and how much he's really looked, you know, just miles better in that sense uh, against Sevilla. But I wanted to also just put some focus too on just other aspects of the team. I mean, Oschan looked pretty good. I could not believe that there wasn't a red card uh, against Andre Dudas. Dudu, more like Dudu Stinky, is what I like to call. <laughs> nice one. Because I don't know. Nice I just, one. <laughs> it was an in, it was an insane tackle from behind. I mean, no attempt to get the ball whatsoever. His studs were up. It was at almost knee height to get Oschan, and for him to skim away with only just a yellow there was was beyond me. It's it's that was pretty shocking. He could have easily broken his leg, and then my God, could you imagine with us just having? Just Emery Chan as like a defensive mid. That's it. I mean, Bellingham, but like, of course, he's going to go up and attack more. But like that, that'd be it. Everyone else didn't look that great. I mean, a lot of the players didn't really look up to it this game. But again, I mean, it was hard to match Cologne's intensity and aggressiveness, which, you know, you got to be ready for that. And I think that also kind of falls on Terzic. 
Um, he has a quote here at the end of the game where he said, it annoys us that we're getting back to this point, that we have to ask ourselves these questions because it happens repeatedly when we simply give away games that we completely control. Did we control that game? <laughs> like, did we completely control, did we control that game at all? I don't think so. I don't, and, and he says that, you know, he, he asks himself these questions because it happens repeatedly. Did we control the game against Leipzig? Did we control the game against Bremen? I mean, all of our games so far this season that we've lost, we didn't control the game whatsoever. I mean, at all. We were completely dominated throughout, I mean, pretty much uh, both sides of the ball and, and on all areas of the pitch, really. So it's, I don't want to, I mean, dive too much into that quote. It's just, it's just a little, I don't know, it's a little weird for me. You know, he doesn't seem to be learning from his tactical mistakes and shortcomings. I mean, his subs are still questionable. But still, I mean, it's it's different as opposed to previous coaches like Favre and Rosa. You know, he's not making like late useless substitutions in the 88th minute, but he is taking off players that he should still be playing, and it's costing us a lot of stability in the midfield and defense. I mean, going back to Ozchan when he took off the uh, when he took off Ozchan in the second half. I mean, you look at the average positions on uh, whatever kind of app that someone might have, and you see Ozchan obviously sits behind or sits in, in between our two center halves. And when you take that out, we're already looking pretty shaky in defense. But now you've left out a holding midfielder to bring on, I think it was... Makoko? It was Makoko. And no, I'm not saying that Makoko shouldn't have came on, but I'm just saying... But that swap specifically. Yeah. yeah it doesn't yeah. make sense. Especially in looking not just Oshan, like where he plays, but like how he plays. Like he... Mm-hmm. I, I said it before, I, I love how he plays and ag- how aggressive he can be and just kind of take like take the game and take control of situations. I think it, like his passing's great. His position's great. Um, in, in the Sevilla game, especially, we saw him creating a lot too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you, that I know. Were we were we down? Was that two one at that point or one one when Makogo came on? Like I know we need to like we were down two one two one. So I obviously we need to score. So put on another attacking guy. But I think in that situation, especially how the game was going and what we've seen from Modest throughout, like the clear swap would be just put in Makogo for Modest. Mm-hmm. Like make that yeah. that swap and because we need Oshan there, we need him in that position to be able to to go forward. Like that's mm-hmm. it's not just about a defensive standpoint, but he can also push the game forward by winning the ball in the yeah. middle of the park and then sending it up. I mean, Oshan does a really good job of helping us progress the ball when Jude is already forward. Yeah, we we were really struggling to get up the pitch pretty much all game, and uh, it, it made it that much more difficult when Terzic takes out another man in the center of the park and. We go up one nil at halftime, and you know it wasn't it wasn't a great first half. But now, I mean, now you could just kind of go in and, and you have a obviously an advantage, and you could go for the win here. And we just looked really uninspired in that second half. I mean, our finishing really let us down, and our defensive uh, uh, defensive side of things let us down too in the second half. Um, Do you and think- Terzic didn't help at all with his with his uh, you know his tactical mistakes? Yeah. So on that specifically, and because everything we just mentioned before we slide in there, oh, by the way, we're 1-0 up, yeah. 1-0 yeah. up at the half. Like, doesn't sound like it by the way we're talking. But but looking at that, like, what is Terzic's, like, his halftime speech? Because you would hope that it's like, we aren't playing great. Mm-hmm. They're running us all over the pitch. Um, we're lucky to, to have a 1-0 lead. Now we need to change things and really, like, kick it into another gear to to take this game and, like, carry this game through. And see out the win, um, and then we we saw the so yeah. clearly I don't think that's what he he did say at halftime. I don't know what he said. I don't know what his tactics are when it comes to like his halftime hype up speeches or anything. But uh, the the opposite happened pretty much. 
Yeah, I just I just don't think he was really that proactive in the sense where he was thinking about how Cologne were going to come out the second half and maybe, you know, try to do something different. And I think he just, again, is just not really thinking that too far forward, which can really hurt us when it comes to late game. And so far, we've given up a lot of goals kind of late game in the season and given up results as well. And I think that really comes down to game management. And uh, again, that's that's another shortcoming of Terzic, unfortunately. Because, I mean, they, they came out the second half and they they scored two within the first 15 minutes. One of them, of course, Stefan Tigges, who's another player that looked like he was out modesting Modest. But, I mean, it was a great header from Tigges. I feel like, I wish we had a striker like that almost. <laughs> uh, if only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and it was, it was just going to be a tough climb to get back once they got those two goals. But also, along with Cologne just being dangerous, but they, they also just made the most of what chances they had and... Just made the most of everything really in that game. I mean, they were they were going for every 50-50 ball. I mean, they only had one point nine XG this game, but they scored three, as opposed to us having two point six and we only scored two. I mean, we had twenty two shots this game on total. Eight of them were on target, and we still only had two goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, that comes down to a lot of, I mean, again, coaching for uh, us not being able to get Modest involved really, but. Overall, just really, our, our offense was really letting us down the second half. I want to go back to the game management aspect. And this will this is just Terzic coaching question, mm-hmm. I guess. Because we've had these games where we're grinding out results. We're getting the 1-0 wins. And in all those games, it's like, oh, we just like, we weren't creating quite enough chances, but our, our defense held up. And in those games, you want to feel we did manage the game well. But I don't think that was necessarily on, on Terzic. That might have been like the players holding up, the players sticking through, mm-hmm. digging deep and, and grinding out the result. So those games, like I, I feel good about, but there's we've talked about it. There's this like, uh, but, mm-hmm. but, 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 and now when we see the game like this in Werder Bremen, where the the game management by Terzic is terrible, mm-hmm. I guess what do you see in those games where we were grinding out those results? Do you th- see that as like Terzic doing something good? Like, is there something we can hope for, or? Or is there, I mean, we, we seem to make good subs too, like the Makoko, the, I forget the game where Makoko scored and Jamie Bino Gittin scored. Oh man, I miss him. Oh, we haven't seen him in so long. <laughs> kind of forgot about him until this moment. Like that, that was a great game management scenario. So yeah. why, like what's the dip, what's happening? Why are things so hit and miss? Is it a, a lack of experience thing? Is he still trying to figure out this, this whole coaching thing? Well, I mean, yeah, I definitely still think he's learning. Absolutely. And I mean, we also, he's looking at the bench too, I would imagine, you know, come around 55, 60 minutes and it's like, man, there's not a lot of options we could bring on right now. And uh, he brought on Hazard, which surprisingly, I was pretty impressed with Hazard's performance this game. I mean, if if you're looking to get Modest more involved, Hazard's a player that's a lot more eager to cross. You know, he's going to stay wide. He's going to run those channels. He's someone who's got a good work rate so he can track back too to help on defense. Um, so I think I think that was a pretty solid substitution. I mean, Adeyemi just wasn't cutting it that day. And you mentioned lack of experience. I mean, it's it's Terzic, but also the players. I mean, it's hard to grow into the game once you're picking up knocks left and right for players like Adeyemi and uh, I mean Malin, of course, Reina. You can keep going down the list. But uh, I mean, Adeyemi is having, in my opinion, similar struggles to what Malin had last year in the sense that his decision making is a it, it lacks a little bit. You know, whether he's making decisions too. Uh, too late or he's just not making the right ones um he's, he's a bit predictable at times like Malin, but I mean, again it's just growing into the game for him and, and i thought hazard looked pretty well 
and then have maybe 10 or 15 minutes after, no, 10 minutes, excuse me, after that substitution, we made another one, and that's whenever he brought off Ozchan. And, I mean, they got one maybe a minute after that, and it just goes to show you had that gaping hole that Terzik opened up for them and just said, come on in, yeah, go ahead and score. And, I mean, he reacted a few minutes after that, bringing on Chan and Rota, but I think it's just too little too late at that point. I mean, the player's already looking pretty gassed and beat, and... Cologne aren't going to be letting up any time soon, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I completely understand that like on our bench, we have no depth. We're missing so many people, so many of our attacking options who, who should like it when we're all healthy, it's like, man, we have so much depth in those attacking options. You have a lot of uh, personnel you could bring in to change the game. Um, I also argue that a lot of our attacking options are kind of similar. Some of them are pretty similar. Um, so, so I get that and I get, we don't have much to change, but still it's like, <laughs> I wanted to make that change, the Makoko Modest or the Makoko for Oshan thing, and and I don't know. I, I I understand that he's that Terzic is learning, and he's a young, newer manager. Um, and I come back to this. Admit, I don't want to just right now be like, he's not the man. Let's bring someone else in. Yeah, I don't want to do that. But at the same time, I want to think like, do we need to be? Do we need a manager that's of a higher caliber? I, I, well, I don't think that really that's the case, but is it, people just have to hold him accountable for you know the mistakes that he's making. And it, it, again, it doesn't really seem like he's learning too much in the in the sense of the things that we already talked about. But I, I, that shouldn't be too much of an excuse. I mean, he should be he should be putting the time in to learn uh, from these kind of mistakes. I mean, he called in the squad the day after the game, which was a day off for the players, and he brought them in to train work on a laundry list of things that we didn't do well. And as much as the players needed training, they obviously need to come in and um, it was good for them to put the work in, you know, try to learn from what they did wrong from the day before. But also Terzik needs that day as well to work on his own errors mm-hmm. and uh, to work those out of his game because, I mean, he should be watching game footage and thinking, you know, man, I, I should be bringing this player on at this time and, you know, not for a player like Ozchan and I should be looking at the shape that we're trying to go into at the last 20 or so minutes of the game. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's it, plenty enough blame to go around, really. Yeah, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying out, like have him out. I just no, no. It it gets frustrating in these moments, especially when when we see it's just the the inconsistency because we have mm-hmm. seen great things, um, and we've seen some terrible things. So it, it's just it's Dortmund. It's it's Dortmund. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, speaking of good things, we can. Uh, oh, I was gonna mention this meeting, and I don't know if it was that that. That training day, I mentioned to Carver, for all those of you listening out there, thank you. Uh, I mentioned the Carver before we started recording. I had a pretty busy week, and I have not like been able to dive into a lot of Dortmund content and the mm-hmm. news, but I saw or I heard that they had a big meeting um, after that game, before uh, the Champions League game. I don't know if you know much about that or everything mm-hmm. that was said, but it seemed like they kind of aired out a lot of things, let them like talk about some frustrations and were like the players were it was like an open forum thing with the players okay. and coaching staff. Um you can tweet at me if I'm wrong or if I'm missing anything. Again, I'm like this is just I very briefly heard that this meeting happened. Mm-hmm. And knowing that and then watching the game against Sevilla, it looked like something changed. It, it, yeah. I mean our our formation changed definitely, but even when you're looking at that lineup that isn't great necessarily mm-hmm. um with all the people who are still out, it it seemed like something changed. Yeah, there was definitely a response from the team. And it wasn't just the formation, but also just the way that we went about this game. You have three holding midfielders 
which is you know hopefully going to bring on a lot more stability, kind of similar to what we had against City, but this time it's not going to be so compact and you know almost parking the bus in a sense. But I mean, Chan can do the w- dirty work of sitting behind or sitting uh, between the two center halves and Schlotterbeck and Sule, and then Oz Chan can obviously also stay back a little bit. But that you know that gives Bellingham all the time and space in the world to get up and go attack a little bit more. And as well as you see, Mukoko br- uh, brought on this game to start. Which obviously changes the entirety of our attack as well. We're not we're not trying to play up to a target man now that's you know thirty four years old. And here you have a kid who's got who's lightning quick. He can make those runs. He's he's good with the ball at his feet. He can run at defenders. Um, so it, it is definitely a different look here. And and there was a response from the team. Really, I mean, even a few minutes into the game when we got our first goal, of course. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned. You mentioned the guys who came in, but I'll just run through that formation lineup real quick. Guerrero, mm-hmm. left back, Schlotterbeck, and Sule. Uh, in the uh, center backs, Mounier, out right, Meyer was in goal. Uh, we had Oshan, Chan, and Bellingham uh, in the three three in the middle, and Brant, Mukoko, and Adiyemi starting up top. So we saw Malin come out um, and Modest come out, obviously, uh, for this game. And yeah, I, I like right off the bat, I thought we brought a lot of energy. Um, Creighton creating good chances there mm-hmm. were there were like some moments where we um i mean just the, the energy from mokoko you you said it like he he can bring so much and right off the bat it's like he's creating stuff with his pressure and he's just every like every time i looked it looked like anytime their defense had the ball they're trying to work it out from the back like he's there putting the pressure on yeah and and modest again modest presses well but he doesn't have the the speed that mokoko has and again too once whenever we win the ball or win back possession and really I guess in the, either the middle third or the attacking third, Mokoko is already just making these runs, and it's it's tough to, you know, keep someone quiet that's that that's got that kind of pace. Um, but if you look at the average positions in general, I think it just looked a lot more structured, looked a lot more organized. Uh, Mokoko was up there, was able to press up high and provide that pace up front. Um, our midfield looked a lot more stable as well, uh, which which it, it was it was hard it was a lot to handle for Sevilla and. Got off to a great start, too, with Guerrero's goal. I mean, another goal outside the box from him. And what a switch from Bellingham, too, mm-hmm. a switch of play right before that as well to set that goal up. I mean, Bellingham captain, captaining uh, the team again for a second game in a row. Mm-hmm. First yeah. time or youngest Englishman in history to captain a team for the Champions League. He's 19. I mean... <laughs> Everyone's heard it before already. How disincredible he is, and we're going to keep yeah, we, saying we it every week. Again, but. we didn't talk about him in the Cone game, but I mean, he's always doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and don't want. I just don't want people to think we don't talk about Bellingham enough. Yeah, but it's like we forget to talk about. We him literally talk, you, you but, know how yeah. good he is. If we're not talking about him on the episode, I guess, which we probably, I guess, should do a little bit more. But we're always talking about him on our socials. So we should. Maybe just we, we have a little segment called the Bellingham Breakdown, and I don't know. We just talk about <laughs> we just break down every little technical because there's you always see the the little replays of him doing some crazy skill thing like making mm-hmm. someone and, and working around someone. I'm like, you're so good. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, he's he's playing FIFA Street. Everyone else is playing normal <laughs> FIFA. Um, so yeah, it was a great goal from Guerrero. I mean, that whole first half was pretty solid for the most part. I, I mean, we looked a lot more creative. Um. Could have been a little bit better defensively. I mean, Sevilla still had a handful of really big chances. I mean, in the game in general, but um, I mean, Meyer was there to bail us he had out. Two big saves big back saves. to back. I mean, again, this is a, the kind of pour on the striker hit it right at him. But to save, it was 
he saved one from maybe like a few yards out, went mm-hmm. right to him, saved it. But then off the rebound too, he was able to save that one too, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. I want to go back to the uh, Guerrero goal. Um, which okay. started with that, like just a great vision by Jude to see him. On his left foot and too. I liked, I almost said to see Rafa running. He wasn't really running. Mm-hmm. Jude kind of like just sent the ball. He's like, go, go yeah. get it. Amazing touch from him to bring it down, but just flying, like flying in there to to get the touch, which puts it just beside the guy or to cut back inside, like one touch mm-hmm. um, and then cuts in again and just amazing shot. Like, but. I thought that's what we need to see more of from Guerrero, like him mm. flying in uh, into these spaces that were, is it us like looking for those switches, looking for him to fly in? But like, that's what we need. I think even more than the buildup play with Guerrero, because I think we've kind of been missing that. Like we just haven't seen it as much. And maybe that's a, it's a tactical error where we're just not working that in the system. I don't know. But but we, we've seen that before where he's either flying in the box late or like flying into space and then be able to like cut here, cut there, have a rip. And like his shot is incredible. So like how, how do we work that into the system more to where we're sending it to him into the space that he can run into? Uh, Well, of course, I mean, Guerrero is class on his day, but it's just in uh, maybe the last year or so, it's just been becoming a little bit more of a rarity for him to be on his day or be good on his day. But I mean, now he's he's got a little bit more cover with Schlotterbeck and him, of course. And now, well, playing the three in the middle. Too, I was going to say that yeah, too. Yeah. Next, I mean, now that you have three holy midfielders in front of you too. I would imagine them that gives him a little bit more freedom to go and attack. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm more I'm I'm a, definitely a fan of players having a rip when they get to that kind of area, especially if they have the ability to shoot. I mean, just get it on target, create a little chaos, and then someone should be there in the six yard box to pick up scraps and you know get a little poacher's goal, but. Didn't need it. It was a good goal from Guerrero. Um, we had two more this half. I mean, uh, right before halftime, he had another two goals. First one from Bellingham, uh, just an, an awesome goal from him. I mean, taking on a handful of Sevilla players. It was kind of similar to the goal that he scored against Bielefeld last year whenever he was coming down the left-hand side, had a fake shot from his right and then cut to his left. And yeah. instead of chipping it over at Bielefeld, he, you know, outside the foot with his right foot. And it's just, just like slid it right in between uh-huh. the keeper and a defender. Mm-hmm. It was like a. There's like, nothing that he can't do. It's like he's playing billiards out there. <laughs> like it was. Oh, and his celebration, too. He <laughs> like he immediately looks up and he starts darting and making a beeline for Terzik. I loved that yeah. and, and gave him a big hug and everything. That was cool to see. All right. If Bellingham loves Terzik, then he can stay. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. That's that's. <laughs> No, I mean that's what seals the that, deal. That though, you love to see that because you, I mean, we, the it, conversation started. The conversation started last year, but about what I'm not going to talk to. I'm not going to really dive into it. But this summer, I'm just going to mm-hmm. say this summer. But to see him captaining the team mm-hmm. two games in a row, to see his just his skill on the field, and to see that connection that he has with the club in general. You yeah. know, not even just Terzik, but I mean, he's always like grabbing the badge and everything. Yeah. I mean, you didn't see that with Sancho I mean, until so, like someone the else last year or so. Used to grab the badge too. Who's that? Holland? <laughs> Sancho. Oh, I was gonna say. I was like, I don't remember Holland grabbing the badge, but Sancho. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was even Sancho like kissed the badge a few times in the last like year, year and a half or so at Dortmund. But rip up my heart. Yeah. Um, no, but, it is incredible goal and just incredible game for him all around. Yeah. And then right after that, another great play uh, for our third goal with uh, Adeyemi netting one. Off the Makoko, one touch, flick it over the top of a guy. Incredible shot. Like, that was a good save. It really was. It was a good shot, man. Like, I mean, 
all the credit to Makoko on that one. Good job on Adiyami for being in the right spot. But that, that, that build-up by Makoko was That's insane. something you would never see with... Uh, Modest could never do that. You know what I mean? And and I'm not trying to take a moment to like to shit on Modest, but God, Mukoko, what a turn. I mean, the, the, the skill to be able to pull that off and also get a shot off that's you know pretty good shot. Yeah. Um, again, brought on so much more energy with our attack and we looked so much more fluid with him in the side. And uh, Adeyemi was, yeah, at the right place, right time. But that's all mm-hmm. it takes, though. You know, it's it's simplicity in motion there. Just uh, power over or placement over power and just get it in the net. It's yeah. three goals up at halftime. I'll uh, I'll reemphasize the I, we're not trying to be modest haters. No. At all. Like credit to like he scored like 23 goals last season. Yeah. But like, clearly he he can still play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's the the frustration. Frustration isn't against him. It's us and the system not working to properly feed him and just the, I mean. It, but also, I mean, just Mokoko with having the ball at his feet and he's facing goal, it's just, he's a lot, it's, that's a, lot a, lot, different. Yeah, it's, it's different. a lot different than Modest. It's yeah. just not the player that Modest is. And that's usually kind of the strengths that, that play to more of the team in general is having a striker like Mokoko. But uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, Mo, I mean, Sevilla came out in the second half and looked even more dangerous. Had a handful of chances, like at least I think it was at least three or four chances in the first ten minutes, and converting one of them yeah. with the corner. Still need to do better with uh, our set pieces. I mean, have not conceded that much when it comes to set pieces this season, but still, it's 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 still a con- should be a concern for the uh, coaching staff. Yeah, we, um, I mean, even in the first half in this game we had lapses in our defense where mm-hmm. they 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 had a few pretty good options in the first half um and just like us not marking properly or or what and i i still like i feel i still feel solid in our defense but then we still have those i want to say we have like mistakes we don't have the mistakes we, we're not seeing the mistakes that we used to like individual errors and yeah. stuff but it's i mean chan gave away the ball which led to the goal i think is i think it was that one you were uh, talking about in the Sevilla game? In the Sevilla game. Um, but I don't know, we're still more solid, but it's like that's what we need to work on, especially on corners and stuff, is mm-hmm. the the man marking and make mm-hmm. sure we're, we're tight and everything. And that's where we're just a little lax, um, just yeah. frustrating. But I still feel solid in our defensive line. Yeah. And and uh, Schlotterbeck was actually uh, marking there, Yusef Nasiri, and uh, he should have been doing better there. Um, and Schlotterbeck's kind of had that problem in recent weeks really with his marking, but yeah, overall as a team though, got to do better on set pieces. Absolutely. And and they were creating chances before and after that goal. So I mean, we really needed to shape up and, and tighten things up in the back and um, wake up because, you know, they, they could have easily scored a second one and it would have been three, two. And then at that point, you know, how fragile we are mentally. Yeah. Oh, I was, it was very nervy watching that second half because mm-hmm. um, I thought at any second, a second goal, goal is going to go in and then they're going to have that momentum mm-hmm. and uh, that confidence and who, like, the, I felt like if they got a second, it would have been over. Like, they probably, not necessarily that we would have lost, but they probably would have got another one. Yeah. Uh, so thankfully, Bellingham, not Bellingham, uh, we are Brant Boy, who I will say in the first half, Brant, like, this was, I there was so much of that first half I didn't notice Brant at mm. all um yeah I, mean, I forgot he was out there <laughs> yeah i didn't see him do i guess too much uh, at, least, at least at least like offensively yeah mm-hmm. um and maybe i mean maybe it's stuff i couldn't see like maybe he was getting in positions that were was opening space for other people um i just didn't see i again it like he disappeared in that first half yeah uh, but he got the goal and that it was a great header 
It really it was, it was a, great, a great header. It was a great chip too. Mm-hmm. Chip passed by Mokoko. It was, two, two assists for Mokoko. It's just it was such a difference, and like for the positive, having Makoko on, mm-hmm. and and we've seen it in the the little time that he's gotten, like his stats in the his his goal, goal stats and the amount of time minutes he's been playing is pretty ridiculous. Um, and I just I I think he's like this is what we need to do. I don't know if it's the four three three, but I think Makoko definitely needs to be starting over Modest. At for the time being, I, I yeah. completely agree. Yeah, and. I mean, we brought on some other players too. I mean, I think Malin looked r- pretty good when he came on for his 30 or so minutes. Uh, couldn't finish him, even though he had a handful of chances. I was just saying right before we started recording that just if, if Malin could like just get a little bit better with his decision making and actually finish, do you think, oh my God, he'd be so good. Do you think it's just he tries to, because he hits the ball with so much power and, and speed. It, I was insane. Is it like, is he, he's just ripping and not really placing it at all. It's just quick shot and just I, he definitely does have that like slap shot to him absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah he's been he can pull those off from like such tight angles but yeah he's just, like, he's just not angling them right really um which is just really unfortunate and it, it too I, maybe just it, it's like a confidence thing i mean maybe he's someone who he looks like a player that um you know could use a goal really for him and adeyemi thankfully mm-hmm. got that one to kind of get it behind him and yeah you know use that going forward to yeah, go this one did not more. this was not a bobble this was not a through the keeper's hands or anything. This was a straight up. It went in. Yeah, it went it went all the way in. Yeah, and uh, not too many other exciting players. I mean, I mean, uh, at least exciting performances from the subs. I mean, we had our our typical uh, Rota came on again. Modest. I had Hazard come on towards the end of the game. Um, so I mean, overall, pretty good performance. I mean, it was again, it was a really good response. Even though Sevilla had a handful of chances and we could definitely tighten things up uh, in, in the defense a bit, we still looked pretty darn solid at, 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 for the most part. I know Sevilla hasn't been a great team this year, so I like I, I'm excited. I think it was this was still a good win, especially when we saw like how they came out in the second half. But I know like they have not been playing great this season. Like they've lost quite a few games in a row. I think they've won one at home, which is just pretty ridiculous for any team. They actually, they um, sacked Lopetegui oh, right after they? the game. Yeah. Okay. And then this morning they announced his successor in um, George Sampaoli, who's the previous Argentina coach and who's also been a coach at Sevilla before. So he's having a second go at, um, at manager at Sevilla. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see it, a little bit of a different look come next week. Yeah. It'll be interesting. So we're home. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to preview that one real quickly, because um, we just played him. Uh, CV at home next Tuesday, three o'clock Eastern time. Uh, it is it is going to be weird, like a different coach. And I mean, what you saw in that second half, clearly the changes they made were the right, like the right moves, because um, they were pretty dominant in that second half. And luckily, we were able to hold them off. But it's it, I think it's going to be an interesting game, especially with a new coach. And yeah, um, I, I feel like he might look at that second half and be like, "Let's do this." Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be. Interesting to see if we kind of try to play the same style. Do you think this formation change was more our squad availability, um, Terzic being like, we need to change something, or was it specifically for Sevilla? That's a good question. I, I wondered that myself, actually, and I, I'm imagining he just probably wanted to go into this and maybe a little bit more cautious given how wide open we were against Cologne, but yeah, at the same time, I mean, he's looking at three. He's got three available center midfielders, and um, hopefully that's going to clear some things up at the back a little bit more. Um, 
but that's just that's just my best guess. I mean, I want. I mean, I'm, I'm glad he went with Mukoko. I, I would have yeah. definitely done the same oh, thing. Well, I, I think in this, I think with Mukoko, you can play this formation, mm-hmm. um, especially with Royce out. Um, I don't think this this wouldn't this wouldn't have worked if Modest if we played this formation with three out the front and three yeah. in the middle with Mo, Modest. Yeah, like he needs to be the the lone striker. But then again, like he's the lone striker and he's literally out there on an island not doing anything. Like no one mm-hmm. can even see him. Um, so. I think this formation works great with Modest or Makoko. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably got that wrong earlier just now in earlier in the podcast. So I think you know what I'm saying. But with Makoko, I think you play this three three up top with the kind of rotating and almost like a false nine kind of thing. Yeah. I wonder how he's going to line up against Munich now. I mean, it's such a huge test for so many players and especially how we, we still don't know who's going to be available. I, I'm imagining Koble will be. Yeah, he was on the plane to Sevilla. Um, I mean, on, on the Bayern side, right after the, I think it was the day of the Cologne game or right after, uh, Bayern Munich had two confirmed positive COVID tests in Mueller and Kimmich. I heard uh, there was a it was report, on October first. Yeah, there was a uh, like a report that went out or a, not a PSA. I don't know something <laughs> advisory to all the players saying stop going to Oktoberfest. <laughs> really, that's funny. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm genuinely curious if like I don't really know I guess too much about the restrictions in Germany, but they tested positive on October 1st and we play Munich on October 8th. You know, like in, in America, it's like five, five days. days. <laughs> yeah, but five days for me, I was so dead. Yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. It, it <laughs> obviously it varies. How, yeah. Do you remember? I should know this because you think if we're doing a podcast, where we're talking and trying to sound sm- smart about everything. I would remember, or I would have looked this up ahead of time. I didn't know I was going to ask this question. I should have. Um, how do we line up against Man City? Like, and do you think we're gonna do something similar? I would. Oh, you I mean at home? Uh, or how did we line? Yeah, up how did Man we line up against Man City? It was. A, it was. It was a pretty was it a similar. 4-3-3? It was a four-three-three, but we were a lot more, you know, defensive. Yeah, so yeah. We, it was almost like a eight-one or eight-two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just said eight-one, nine-one or eight-two. Do is that? Would you want to line up that way? Would you want to play a more a little against more defensive Munich? against? Yeah. No, I, 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 I mean, pretty much every game against Munich in, in recent years has been just end to end stuff, and yeah. no matter really how you line up, because just both teams just really want to go for it, and obviously from a neutral standpoint, it's fun as hell to watch. From a Dortmund standpoint, obviously the last few years it's pretty depressing at the end of the uh, with their end result, but um, I, I don't know. I don't think we'll line up similarly. I guess definitely not the same against City. Maybe a similar against uh, Sevilla, depending on who's available. I mean, I know, again, we mentioned Koble already. I mean, Wolf and Hummels had like a quote-unquote illness that was not COVID-related uh, these past few, well, actually more than a week now. So I'm imagining they're probably going to be back. Um, other Everyone else is probably going to still be out that has been out. I mean, you have your Bino Gittens, Dahoud, Royce, unfortunately. Is Royce, I thought I saw something about Royce potentially being ready. Potentially, but I, I highly doubt at this point, especially if we're looking to really, you know, ease yep. players back in. I would love to see like this, this lineup. I don't know players. Pro- well, it probably would be the exact same players, but like four three three because it gives us that option to set in a little bit and and clog up the middle with the three holding midfielders. But then we also saw we were very attacking, and mm-hmm. especially with the, like the speed of Adiyemi and. I mean, you mentioned it before. He like he need he's still like he's young and he's learning and he's new to this league, um, and his decision making needs to get a little better. Yeah. Um, 
but he he can still bring he's such like a threat just his speed i think that's one thing to learn too he knows he's fast and so in some situations especially coming from the austrian bundesliga where he blew past everybody i know he played champions league but i think there's still some of this thought like i can run run past most people and he can a lot of the times but still there's gonna be times he can't but i still with all that said i'm not harping on him at all i think he can be dangerous I wouldn't mind seeing him up, up top again. No, oh, um, yeah, I, I would agree. Especially, I mean, you look at the bench and you have literally like no one else right yeah. now. I mean, Wolf, I guess if he's at like 100%, but I I don't think he's going to start. I could be no. wrong, but. And then Makoko, I want Makoko up top. But as far as like formation, I would love to see this again. I thought it, it worked well. And it gives us both options to sit in and, and still be very attacking. Yeah, it's going to be a, a big decision for Terzic here because I could see him honestly going either way here with Mokoko and Modest. I mean, Mokoko can sometimes be pretty quiet and invisible in, in big games against big competition like this. I mean, no, the Champions League in Sevilla, but Bayern Munich is a whole different beast, obviously, and and they you know they're rock solid in defense. So, and they have big and they have big defenders. I know Hernandez is out, but you still got other you know strong defenders and. But I could also see, you know, him going with Mokoko because Modest might is just simply not cutting it at the moment. And, you know, if he doesn't turn it on against a team like Cologne, a you know, team that he played for last year, I, he probably wouldn't be able to pull it off against Munich either. But he's he's got some big decisions to make these next 24 hours, Terzic. I just, I don't, I'm, we talked about it enough. I don't need to go on, on Modest again. I just feel like he needs to earn his place better. Like he needs to earn it at this point. Now he needs to maybe come on on the sub and start getting some goals that way. And until then, and unless like Mokoko's form, like he gets a run and his form starts dropping too. That's just, yeah. I said it last week. I'm going to keep saying it until, <laughs> I don't know until when, until, uh, we signed a new striker in, or, Oh, Alaire comes back until Alaire comes back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, not on, I guess like if Haller, we, you know, we still don't really know if he's honestly going to uh, play still. I mean, some it's, you yeah. know, it's, it's a terrible illness. I'm going to. Yeah. Predictions. I do have predictions. I think we're, Oh my God. I don't know. I, a part of me wants to be a realist because we've lost to Bayern Munich 10 times in a row. Now, last time we beat them was 2019. 2018, excuse me, 2018, so four years ago. I mean, obviously we've had a lot of great additions to the squad since then, but a lot of them are not healthy, and of course still we're pretty inconsistent week in and week out. So I'm probably going to be a little bit more of a realist, and I'm going to say 3-2 loss. Oh! Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? I'm, I'm, I, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Please, I would love to be proven wrong. Uh, I'm going... Two to draw. Oh, okay. I have a draw. I don't think we can get three goals. I mean, okay, we just got four against Sevilla. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that game, I was like, can we really score that many goals? I don't know. I'll go two to draw. I I want to say uh, Bayern's form as of late, where they're drawing everything. I mean, they got the win over the weekend. But besides that, they drew like four games in a row or something in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, I, mean, not, I mean, but they did have a yeah, they had a great response. So I don't know how. You know, Nagelsmann is going to... Well, I mean, two great Labor, responses Labor in a row. Is not good At the year. moment, At no, the moment. they're not. But you know, obviously, Xavi Alonso was announced as their new manager, so I think they're going to be a lot better. Um, you know, last time we tied against Munich, that didn't go to penalties. It was a nil-nil in 2016 in the league. Six years ago. The Okay, the the me saying Bayern hasn't been in great form, that's also... 
they've been drawing teams who have been sitting back against them. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're going to do that. No. And if we go toe to toe, like we saw, I mentioned their first game against Barcelona in the Champions League. They, they, they dominate. I mean, they it was a really good game. It was very back and forth, but they eventually like dominated that game. Um, so that's where it gets really dangerous. So my optimism, <laughs> yeah, I gave you crap for calling the loss. My optimism is a 2-2 draw. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Do you want to get into these Twitter questions before we get out of here? Oh, yeah. Do we have some? I Very unprepared again. No, Do we, not have those pulled up. <laughs> we had a few. Uh, one of them was uh, from Pius. Saying that correctly, just ask for his thoughts on Adeyemi and the Sevilla game, which I touched on a little bit already. I still, I think he's he's struggling to gain any sort of momentum because of his injuries, and he and he also has similar growing pains to Malin in his debut year. Of just, yeah, it's tough for him to beat his man because he's looking a little predictable, and uh, you know, it, it's tough for him to adjust to this kind of level week in and week out. And he looks like he's, you know, at times can be a, like a one trick pony in the sense that he cuts one way and then goes another. He um, also, he with Salzburg, he played Sevilla in the champions league last he, year, yeah. which was the, he drew three penalties yep. in the first half. So, so they were probably ready for what he could do. <laughs> Maybe. Like, yeah. Let's not let that yeah. happen again. Um, but of course, I mean, that's not a knock on him as you know, he's, oh, no. he's going to grow in great. I, I, I really have high hopes for Adeyemi. Um, other one from Tom here was just saying, why is Nico Schlotterbeck dropped form so dramatically in the last few weeks? He then went to, cl- they went to clear up and say that, you know, maybe dramatically isn't the right word, but um, I mean, I touched on it already that it's just his marking has kind of been off. I think he could be a little bit more mentally switched on and alert in that sense. But also, I mean, I mentioned it already whenever, you know, a month back that he is a risk taker. I mean, offense on the ball and defensively. I mean, he is just a risk taker and, you know, it looks like he's been kind of having some costly mistakes lately, which I imagine just has a good uh, impact on his confidence. So, Also, the I know there's been a lot of talk about, well, there's there's some crazy stat, like the nine goals we've let in, like only, I think when Hummels has played, like we've only let one goal in or something crazy yeah, like that. Yeah. And so I wonder if that's kind of played a part of this too, is is he a little, a little more familiar or a little more... A little better with Hummels if you have Hummels back there controlling things like him and Sule are obviously a new partnership. Yeah, um, and, and they and they've been and they've been killing it. Once I mean you mentioned already, <clears throat> one goal conceded with Hummels. I'm hoping he'll be fit and ready to go and you know ready for his uh, done with his illness because him and Sule would be quite the yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering if that plays. I'm sure you could look at specific games too, but I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. Just Hummels mm-hmm. being out and him and Sule just trying to work with each other Mm -hmm. um it it, yeah that's a thought and again they're going to continue to grow together since they play for the national team too so uh last one here uh from 50 plus donner what do you think is the most effective backup plan for the second half of the season if modest is struggling and Haller isn't immediately fit makoko I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, if, if they're strictly asking from like a striker of what we're going to do, I, I can't see we're going to sign anyone else because we already have three other strikers at the moment. I mean, obviously you're going to have to get rid of one of them um, in the coming months anyway. So I, I couldn't see us signing a striker. I could see us signing either a left back or a center mid, which I think are a lot more desperately needed at the moment than a striker. But, you know, that's just my two cents. I think we could really. Of course, now that Schultz is not going to play anymore, if Guerrero goes down, you have Rota, who's who's been growing into the game pretty well, but I still would like one more defender. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, or or center midfielder. I, I I would love to have another anchor in the park. I want to talk a little bit about this weekend. I know so this this podcast is out Friday, um, so a little little late, but hopefully you can get the listen in. I mean, if you made it fifty seven minutes, you clearly got the listen in before the game. Yeah. Uh, I apologize if you're listening after the the Bayern game, but if you are listening to this on Friday. Congrats. Uh, and if you're in St. Louis, you want to talk about the uh, oh, St. Yeah, Louis Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, was going to shout that out, and then I got on a little tangent earlier. But, yeah, of course. So we play Saturday against Bayern Munich Central Time. It's 11.30. And the St. Louis fan club will be at the Amsterdam Tavern. Of course, I've mentioned him already, but uh, Nathan is, a, is is the founder of the club, and he's a great person. He's very welcoming. Everyone in the club is very welcoming, and it's always a great time meeting new people and uh, talking to other Dortmund fans at the bar. Um, it's, it's, it's just a great fun all around. So I'm definitely going to go this time. Um, and I'd love to see anyone else there. Yeah. I went to, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, I went to the Schalke watch party mm. and I said it then I'm just going to reemphasize again. Cause if, if you haven't been out to one of these watch parties, like you can go to a bar and watch Amsterdam Tavern, like where we're watching mm-hmm. St. Louis, everyone goes there and watch, but you can, you can go and watch any team and what you kind of see, like the, the Dortmund experience is so different oh, with the supporters so, group. Yeah. Cause it's, it's an actual, like unit and it's like everyone's actually hanging out and having a great time other than just a bunch of random man U fans kind of standing around and watching the game and just drinking like this is like we have we have like all these decorations and everything we we, you know we deck the place out in black and yellow from top to bottom i mean it was a big it was a big part in me like really diving into dortmund a lot Mm -hmm. is like actually meeting people who who also support dortmund and we're we're like we're all in this together this like crazy up and down yeah week by week like what we experience but it's really cool to just have those kind of people so and oh yeah i mean not if you're obviously if you're in st louis highly encourage you to come out especially this game um so come come, out come cry with us yeah come cry with us if you're there's gonna be beer to console you after yeah tears of happiness or joy (laughs) i'm gonna be crying either way that's that's a (laughs) if uh if you're not in dormant obviously we have we have a thank you wherever you listen from because we do have listeners Mm -hmm. all across you, uh, the, the country world. and the world. A lot of people in, in Germany and in England and the UK, which is really cool. And beyond that, shout out to Zaheen uh, yeah. in Malaysia. <laughs> um, and I mean, they, they have a fan. He, he kind of runs a fan account there too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so make I sure. saw him. He got to meet a few legends and everything, which is awesome. Yeah. I have a, yeah. I have a, this is random, but I have a really good friend who works in the, the music industry and he was just on a tour in Asia. And what, was Tabor, he there? Tabor. Did they hang out? No, they did not. But like, I just thought it was funny. Like the Dortmund fan club was almost like following the tour that my friend was on. I mean, they went to Vietnam and then Malaysia. I think it was Malaysia after that, if I'm not wrong. Or Vietnam and then I forget I what other Asian country. I don't remember. But anyway. Wherever you are, like New York, D.C., I know those guys always go every weekend to uh, watch games at the bars. So I'm just going to link all theirs in the Twitter. We'll we'll retweet stuff too. So you can head to our Twitter page at the BVB pod. Um, if if you're listening somewhere and you don't know where your supporters section is, there's actually a website that lists them all too. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I'm going to do. I'm going to link that in the description. I don't have it off the top of my head right now. But basically, all I'm saying, go watch Dortmund with some people. It's going to make the experience a lot better. And also keep an eye out. This fall, we have a handful of really fun guests lined up again. So I know a lot of people might just be bored of hearing Jake and I, but <laughs> I mean, it's, it, more it's me lot. than Jake. It's a lot of fun when we have guests. Oh yeah, no, definitely. So yeah, we got a handful of great guests lined up in the coming weeks. So yeah, that's it for this week. We're going to get out of here. Appreciate you hanging out. Um, if you want to keep up to date with us, Instagram, Twitter, email, all of that is linked in the description of this episode and also head to our website, the BVB So thanks guys. We'll see you later. See ya.